Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, presents a podcast for families in crisis. Hello, and welcome to a podcast from the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. My name is Anne DeSantis. Great to be here with you on this evening. And on these Thursday evenings, the last Thursday of the month, we dedicate this to families in crisis, families who have been through some type of difficulty. And we all know that in 2020, it was, it was a very difficult year for so many. And I have an amazing guest for us this evening. Her name is Kennedy Hare. She is a Catholic author. And I just want to read you a little bit about her uh, from setback to comeback a life-threatening car crash to multiple athletic injuries. Everything changed the trajectory of her dreams. Things are not always what they seem, and life does not always go as planned. By embodying Jeremiah 29, 11, and releasing herself into God's hands, she realized that you can do all the right things and still not achieve the outcome you expected. This is her, her story of how to trust God and his plan. So thank you. That was from the back of Kennedy's book, Through the Cross Air. So let's talk. <laughs> Kennedy, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. So now we're pre-recording this podcast and, uh, and uh, it's right now we're pre-recording this around uh, the end of 2020 and it has been a challenging year for so many and Kennedy understands suffering, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, is her own personal faith journey and how God helped her to get to where she is at this point. And not to say that life is ever perfect, right? But we know that with God, we can continue on this uh, beautiful journey of life. So Kennedy, we would love to hear your faith journey. So I grew up in a Catholic household. Um, baptized, um, went through first reconciliation, first communion, got confirmed in high school, all of that. Um, so I've definitely been surrounded by faith throughout my entire life. And my mom has really instilled that in me and the rest of my siblings and my dad as well. Um, you know, church every Sunday goes a lot farther than people think. A lot of people, you know, say, say that just going to church isn't enough. And the thing is, is that church is really the foundation, or has been for me at least. Um, I can honestly say I haven't been to church in a really long time because of the current situation with the pandemic and everything, um, because of the demographic that goes to church these days. It's very risky. Um, but other than that, I mean, I try, I've been trying to stay, you know, in my faith and all of that with everything that's been going on, especially because 
like you said, I have been through a lot in my past and I know that leaning on God is the only way to really get through anything. Um, so aside from a bunch of athletic injuries, I have, those have led to, you know, emotional distress, mental distress, all that kind of stuff and physical, of course, as well. But I know that in order for me to get through those difficult, difficult times, I had to have some faith because that was the only thing that was going to get me through. And that actually is what got me through. Yeah, it's amazing. And, um, and I love the fact that what you just said, that going to church really does, going to mass and celebrating does make such a huge difference for all of us. And we, maybe we don't realize how much it does. Right. For those who are listening, and maybe you are in some kind of a crisis situation in your own family, and you may have some family members who can't make it to mass right now, is uh, just continue your prayers and, and believe, you know, we've all been through a very rough time, but we have to continue on with our faith. And so that's why I'm so glad that we have you here on this evening because uh, you are a younger person and it's an honor for us to have a person uh, of your age and also the fact that you're a person of faith because a lot of people your age don't. And I think you know that too. I think right. we've discussed that before on other shows that we've done um, that, that sometimes within that sort of 18 to 25 range, would you say that do you have other contacts, friends, people that you know that aren't on the same plane as you are with? Um, I would definitely say more than not. Um, I am somebody who does, I don't really hang out with a lot of people. I'm kind of, um, I have a very small circle and more, but you know, as far as acquaintances go or not so close friends, more than not have, you know, little faith or um, I wouldn't say that mo some of them have none at all, but none have really focused on, you know, what God can do in their lives. But I definitely think that people my age struggle the most solely in my opinion, because of the, some of the negative things people go through in high school and college. It's, you know, they're really hard times and it's where you have to just really, truly try attempt to find yourself and, you know, because especially when you go to college, you're on your own and it's a, lot, a first time feeling for a lot of people. Um, and so negative things and setbacks are usually what drives people away from faith in a sense, because people do the, you know, why is this happening to me? I, I don't deserve this type thing, which, you know, I haven't have openly admitted. I have done that as well, wondering, you know, why me? But at the end of the day, God is the only one that can get you through, like I said, and the only way out is through, you know, you can't go around it, can't go under it, about it. So you have to remember that going through it is the only way. And, you know, whether you have family or friends beside you, it, they're only going to get you so far if you don't have a strong faith or foundation that, you know, can lead you through it. Yeah, you're very, you're very wise. And it's an, like I said, it's an honor for us to have you here because you have a lot to say that can help people your age and also maybe some parents too who are listening that have uh, kids that are your age or around your age group um, to understanding also what it's like to be living in this age right now where we're going through the, hopefully the end of COVID, right? Not the middle of it, hopefully the end. Right. But what it's like for, for people your age. Um, 
before we delve into your faith story, can you tell us on that end, what do you think it is like for people in the early 20s range who are uh, Catholic and dealing with what we've had to go through in 2020? Um, that's a very great question. I, I am someone who deals with these kinds of things very well, actually. Um, it hasn't really, besides affecting, you know, my daily life as far as working, you know, remotely and, you know, lockdowns, things like that. It hasn't really affected me emotionally or mentally as much as I know it has affected some other people. Um, I do know that I have definitely felt it in a sense, but overall, overarching, I haven't really had that experience where, you know, I'm so emotionally distraught over the fact that we're in a global pandemic. You know, I'm, I've tried to be very much a realist and say, you know, there's really nothing we can do about it at this point besides do what we can do on our own. Um, so I do know it has been very difficult for a lot of people. Um, especially with this, with the stay at home orders, a lot of, for, as far as parents go, a lot of parents are not with their kids all day, every single day, seven days a week, which, you know, I'm assuming as a parent can make you go crazy. Um, especially if you have little ones at home that you aren't really around all the time. So I know that it's been hard and I know that there have been, you know, a lot of questions and a lot of things that we don't have answers to, but you have to remember that there is a plan and you know as i said i openly admit that i wonder what the plan is too um so there's nothing wrong with ever questioning questioning leads to more knowledge and more learning of your faith and god and how everything works um so i truly believe that something good is going to come out of this whatever that may be um but people have to remember we've gone through these things before. They just may not have lasted this long or been this, um, this big. So as far as Ebola or, you know, whatever the other case, Zika virus, you know, you name it, we, we've had it. So this has definitely been something that's lasted longer than most people have experienced, um, me being one of those people. Um, but you have to remember it's going to end. It's everything's going to go back to normal from what I, you know, what I would like to believe. And, you know, everything's going to be fine. So I know I'm not a medical professional or the president telling you that to give you hope, but um, I, do, I do hope that that gives a new perspective on, you know, the pandemic. No, no, that's perfect. Yeah, it's great advice because it's, so, it's realistic as well. We're people of faith, but we also know we're, we're people of reason too, right? So we have right. to know that... Uh, and and look at what's happening and know that yes it, there will be a human answer and a godly answer to everything that's <laughs> that's happening in the world right so let's turn back to your faith journey because you had uh an event in your life that happened when you were in high school that really turned your whole life upside down uh so if you don't mind sharing i'd love for people to hear that story okay so my freshman year of high school I had never experienced, you know, a, a big injury before. I had been an athlete since I was nine or 10. Um, and then my freshman year of high school, I was in a life-threatening car accident where I had a hole in my small intestine, a hole in my duodenum, and internally my stomach was cut completely in half. So in that traumatic scenario, you have 
60 minutes to get to the hospital. They called the golden hour. I got there in 59 minutes. Um, I truly didn't think I was going to make it. I mean, I, my best friend at the time was in the car with me and I told her, you know, this is it. I love you. Thanks for everything. But like, I truly believe this, this is my time. And, um, the, the white light that people talk about definitely does exist. Um, I definitely, I didn't see, you know, what, what some people see as far as the future or things like that, but you know, it does, my eyes rolled back in my head and everything did go very blank and I didn't really know if I was going to come out of it. So here I am today to tell the story. Um, there were 22 staples down the front of my stomach. I lost 22 pounds, missed 30 days of school, was told I'd never play volleyball again and I was on a liquid diet for three weeks. Um, for those of you who know me now, me losing 22 pounds <laughs> made me almost invisible, people would say. <laughs> so um, that was my first huge experience, traumatic experience that I you know, had to go through. I had no idea how to come out of something like that. It was just the fact that there was no other option besides me playing volleyball. And um, volleyball is no longer a part of my life. However, it was something that was extremely important to me back then. Um, and I know I wouldn't have been able to do it without God. I do lean on Jeremiah 29 11. I have forever. And that is something that helped me get through because I knew there was a plan and there was hope and there was a future for me. Um, like I, I still believe to this day, there's more for me. So I definitely, you know, had the why me moments. I, like I said, I'll never, ever deny that. Um, like crying on my knees, why me? What is happening? Like I've done, what have I done wrong to deserve this type of thing? And, you know, I do know now that even though I still do that with some, some things, that doesn't get you anywhere. Um, you're in the situation and there's no way to get out of it besides going through it. And, you know, as independent as I am and I was, I had to lean on other people, my, my family, my, you know, close or not close friends or acquaintances or, and I knew, you know, God was with me the entire way because I wouldn't have gotten the support I got. I wouldn't have, you know, experienced what I experienced and embraced the people I embraced in such a small amount of time without him, you know, guiding me along the way. So I definitely believe that there is always a plan. And like you said, my book does outline that God's plan is always bigger than yours. And that's something I still struggle with to this day where, you know, I am a workhorse. I work very hard and it's, it's definitely a struggle for me to see, see success so close yet so far away. Um, but God is at the center of it. And no matter how hard I push, no matter how hard I, you know, keep going and want it sooner, you know, God's timing is, is really the only way. So as far as the accident goes, I did get back to playing volleyball in about a month and a half or so. And that was my goal. And so I, I knew right then and there that that's, that that was all God, you know, I couldn't have done it by myself. I couldn't have done it without the support I received. And Quite frankly, I wouldn't be where I am today without without my faith. I give all the glory to God, even though, you know, I have been through a lot. For those of you who have read my book or know me personally, a lot of things that I've gone through, people don't go through 
their whole lives. So um, I'm not a very emotional person, but it is definitely something that I love to talk about with people because it gives a new perspective on a lot of things, especially faith, because like I said, setbacks are really what draw people away. And I try to remind people that it should really draw you closer to God at the end of the day. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I'm blessed that I have and love your book called (laughs) Through the Cross Hair. And I'm going to spell it. So Through the Cross, and then there's a hyphen, and then H-E-H-R, which is her last name. Her name again is Kennedy Hare. And tell us how they can get a copy of the book. I, like I said, I love the book and I got it right directly from you. So tell yes. us um, how they can get a hold of it. So you can email me, message me um, on any social media, and I can sign the book and send it to you. I sign every single book that I ship off, um, or you can just get it on Amazon and then they'll, you know, prime ship it to you. But I obviously don't get those books first, so they won't be signed. But either way, same price, whatever works, you know, I'm open to anything. Yeah, that's great. And your email address? My email address is just my first and last name at hotmail.com. And hot- yes. Awesome. Awesome. And on the cover of the book, I think it's interesting because you have some words here that I think is good for people to hear. It says, come back. Another one is more than an athlete, great resilience in trials, overcomer, faith over fear, and destiny. Can you talk about how you came up with the cover and also those words? Because they really tell a lot about what the book is about, I think. So great resilience in trials is more an acronym for the word grit. Um, My mom helped me come up with the acronym. And then... The cover was actually just, I had no really creativity. I don't have any to this day, but one of my friends, Shelby, and another, another lady I know named Natasha, they put it together. Um, I just, I basically told them, here's my, here's my favorite colors. And I, I kind of want, you know, some sort of Jesus piece coming out into the light, which um, is the cross. And then, um, come back and overcomer just show, you know, setbacks, turn into comebacks, and then you are an overcomer. Even if, you know, you don't reach the goals that you want to, if you come out of what you had to go through, you are an overcomer. And that is something I like to tell myself that I am. Um, what was some other, what's another one? Perseverance. Yeah. Um, so the other ones were destiny, faith over fear, and more than an athlete. Okay. Okay. Um, faith over fear is, is a big one for me too, because, you know, you can't be scared to chase after your dreams. I've always said, you know, from my first interview after my car accident to follow your heart and chase your dreams and, you know, the rest will fall into place. Um, I am someone who will follow my heart to the ends of the earth and my dreams are are big for me. I may not be someone who, you know, writes down goals and things like that, but I, I have them in my head and I know when and how I want to reach them. So it's definitely important. And more than an athlete is probably my favorite one because I was someone who was defined by, you know, oh, you're the, you're the volleyball player. Oh, you're the libero who wears the peach jersey on championship day or um, you're the girl in a car accident. And, you know, that was fine with me back then. I, that's all I wanted to do was play volleyball at the highest level. And, um, 
the thing was that the accident forced me to find myself outside of volleyball. Granted, I was 14, 15 years old and, you know, I didn't really truly find myself if I even have to this day <laughs> until long after that. Um, you know, I'm still working on it, aren't we all? But more than an athlete is huge because every athlete, no matter how, how old you, you are, more than that. You're more than an athlete. You're a child of God, first and foremost. And, you know, you're so many more things. I could sit on here for hours and talk about what each and every one of you are. And at the end of the day, like you are enough whether your sport ends before you want it to or not. That's right. You're in the, and we can have all these different titles as humans, you know, for each person, whether it be man, woman, wife, sister, next door neighbor, right? Uh, teacher. I mean, there's so many that we could be. Um, but at the top of that list, as you said, is that we are a child of God. Right. And, um, and I, I must say again, you are so wise with everything that you've learned and and throughout your book, you know, the pain that you went through, and then you demonstrate in the book that you did choose faith over fear. And when you said a little while ago that not only did you get to communicate with people who were your friends, but a lot of people who weren't your friends were just acquaintances that right. maybe wanted to feel like they were doing something for you, helping in some way. And, uh, and God used those circumstances to, to help you to get to where you are right now. And he's still right. doing that. So I definitely, I definitely experienced more love and support than, you know, I ever have in my life. Um, there were times after, you know, that when I was younger, I didn't have all the social media. I had, I mean, I had a few, but, um, as the years went on, I still, you know, received messages about, um, I saw your story in AAU volleyball magazine or, um, on Google somehow I popped up. Um, and people that I've never, somebody showed me a post literally last year and was like, Kennedy hair is my inspiration. I have no idea who this person is. Um, no idea if she, if she even played volleyball at the time. And so that is all I've ever wanted to come out of such a, you know, traumatic accident. And, you know, the knee surgeries after that and the concussions after that, that's all I've ever wanted is to impact people. It's always been impact over everything in my book and it, you know, always will be. So I hope, like I've said multiple times previously, that my book can touch somebody um, or, you know, in the off chance that it changes somebody's life for the better. Like I, then I did my job. I did, I wrote that book solely so, you know, people not only could know my story, but could know that they weren't alone. And, you know, not that it's based off of athletics, but a lot of the book surround, is surrounded by, you know, college sports and people go through things that unless you were a college athlete or, you know, are to this day, have, you have no idea what I would have gone through or what people go through now. Um, it with with or without injuries and so that book is to help people and i i always obviously want to hear from anyone who reads it even if you don't i would love to hear from you um i'm no i'm not perfect you know i have my i have my struggles i have my you know my nights where you know i'm i'm not the happiest girl in the world but i do try to put things in perspective that i'm so blessed and so grateful to be you know, just here, you know, I, sh I shouldn't even be here. I'm, I, you know, I'm 
I've been called Miracle Girl for six years now for a reason. We're coming up on seven, I believe, in 2021. I can't even remember anymore, which is crazy. Um, so just always remember that you are enough. That's literally the last sentence of my book because it's so important to me and I wanted it to touch so many people and then to remember after they close the book, like, okay, I'm, I'm enough, you know, and that is something I struggled with when volleyball ended multiple times, um, temporarily or permanently like it has now. It's like, why am I even anything else besides, you know, a volleyball player? And so I have found myself outside of that. And the younger you can do that as an athlete, the better or anything, really, whatever you do, if you're a music person or an artist or, you know, whatever the case may be that you are so much more than what you may think defines you. Right. Then the, then the label that, that you, that yes. other people might have, right. Then those right. labels exactly. that we get. Yep. So it, I love your story, honestly, and I love your perseverance. Um, and most of all, I think that your wisdom is just incredible. And, and as you said, not everyone who is your age in their early twenties has the kind of wisdom it has experienced the type of suffering that you have because suffering does mature us. I think. Right. And I do. I think it really matures a lot of us. Yes. And it's definitely a strong word, but that is what a, what a lot of people go through, including me. It was suffering and pain and sadness and, you know, a lot of dark times push you to believe like, is this ever going to end or am I going to come out of this? And so that's when you have to believe that there is more you know, at the end of the tunnel, for lack of a better phrase. No, no, no. It's it's very good. Thank you. Um, now, I wondered if you could tell us, so the accident happened and your healing had started. And then can you take us on the journey from that point to where you are now? Sort of what happened in your life from those points up until now? Yes. Yeah, so after my car accident, that was January 26th of 2014. So I came back March 11th, I think, March 12th um, of that same year. And then June 9th of the same year, I tore my meniscus. I'd never had a knee injury before. And they had to, uh, it was torn, flipped, and rotated. So they had to com completely repair it, which put me out another five, six months. Um, and then that following year of AAU club season, we were national runner-ups and I was named an AAU All-American. Um, that's when the recruiting really started, the college recruiting. And then shortly after that, my senior year of high school, I was playing volleyball with my sister, having like, you know, the time of my life in high school. And I tore my meniscus right before my 18th birthday. So around September, September 23rd or something, same knee, same spot, same procedure, same recovery, five, six months. It's my senior year at this point. I'm, I'm uncommitted, no idea where I'm going to college. And for, if you know anything about sports, people commit now at age like 14. So I'm 18. I have no idea where I'm going to college. I'm injured. I'm out till March at the minimum. And it's just another point where I'm like, you have got to be kidding. Like I knew I was done. I, at this point I was like, is there any way I can, you know, how many knee surgeries, how many surgeries period, you know, can one take? So um, I had been being recruited by Coastal Carolina and at the time, and when I 
had gotten injured, I called the coach and let him know. And he said, you know, we are still so happy to, to have you here. We would love to have you. And that night I, you know, committed on the spot. I had visited, you know, a couple months previous. And so I was going to be a Chanticleer. Um, so I went to Coastal in July of 2017, I think that's right. Yeah. And then played there for a year, won the conference championship in the Sun Belt. Ended up transferring. I was committed to play volleyball at Arizona State, which is a Pac-12 school. And two weeks before I was supposed to go there, I decommitted. So any of you that know, you know, really any sport, preseason starts in about August. And I was, I had no idea where I was going to school in like late July. So another stressful time, another time where, you know, grind, grind season. I had no other option but to, you know, get email and get my film out, you know, tell people, tell the coaches that knew me personally, hey, I'm, you know, uncommitted right now. Get my name out there, wh whatever the case may be. And so that's how I ended up at UNC Charlotte. Um, the South definitely has my heart. So that is something that pulled me away from Arizona State. I just, I didn't, it was a gut feeling that I didn't think it was right. And I don't regret that to this day. Um, so I, here I am back in the South, not in South Carolina, but in North Carolina. Um, played volleyball for a year. And then right before the conference tournament, um, which we were going to for the first time in a couple years, I believe, or we had a pretty successful season for the first time in a couple years. And I got hit in the head and was concussed and couldn't go to the conference tournament, was out for the rest of the season. Little did I know I was, you know, that was going to lead me to medically retire. So that happened in November of 2018. I think, yeah, 2018. Um, so I was a sophomore at this point, sophomore in college, played two years. And I have, hadn't been cleared for probably a year after that. So it gotten to the point, six months worth, eight, seven, eight months worth of no sleep, no, um, not really any physical activity besides what I you know, could do, extreme sadness, um, post-concussion syndrome, all of that. And I really had no idea what was next for me at that point. So I medically retired from volleyball. I had a, you know, epiphany one night that, you know, God was telling me like, this is it, you know, volleyball is not in your future anymore. You are so much more than that. And right now, you know, it's time to move on. And so I went to my coach that next day and said, I'm medically retiring. It's best for my health. It's best for me mentally as a person. And I had dealt with post-concussion syndrome symptoms for months and months and months after that. I still get treatment to this day on my head. Um, I just read an article about someone, she's one of the best volleyball players to, you know, ever play the game. Um, her name is Haley Hodson and the LA Times just did a story on this exact same topic, post-concussion syndrome. And it's something that's very overlooked because you know, people think once you're cleared, you're good. And the thing was, I was really never even cleared. Um, I basically cleared myself by saying, you know, I can't do it anymore. Um, so I graduated early. So I didn't play my last year, my junior year. I graduated early, um, three years with a bachelor's degree in communications and journalism, mass media. And now I work in digital marketing. So I work remote 
from Charlotte, North Carolina for a company called Level 5 Team Velocity based out of Virginia. So it's a long story, long time coming, but I'm in the workforce, which is what I you know, wanted for years now. <laughs> and, but the remote work is definitely interesting for sure. Yeah, I know you're doing excellent work and we've talked a little bit about that, but what a journey you've had. And um, I'm just so happy that you've stuck with your faith and that despite all of the challenges that you've had, that you can still uh, look to the Lord and know how much he loves you, know right. that there's a plan for your life. And now you mentioned your mom and, and how your mother has made such an impact on your faith. And your mom is also a uh, Catholic author and speaker. So tell us about that, because I know that she's done so much to make that outreach to people who have had crisis and done podcasts and things like that. I'm sure that you've learned from her uh, work as well. Yes, I definitely have. So, And her I name is Judy. I should tell our audience. Judy yeah, here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I keep going back to saying, you know, for those who know me, but again, for those who do, I did not, me and my, my mom and I did not get along when I was younger, not friends by any means um but now you know we're closer than ever my mom is some my mom both of my parents my whole family have always supported me um through everything and my mom is somebody just like any other mom i'm assuming who feels the pain that her kids feel she's only as happy as her saddest kid and you know her her story her journey with my dad by herself with our family everything has completely you know influenced me and motivated me to want to, you know, tell my story because to see how many people she has impacted only shed light on how many people I could possibly impact in a, you know, different setting, a different demographic. Um, so people, people say that they see my mom and I talking on stage together one day. Um, I don't know if I'll be a motivational speaker by any means, especially not as, not as great as she is, but you know, that could be coming soon. Never know after you know the pandemic is over but my mom has an unbelievable story she has a book too called shattered um you can also get on amazon or from her directly so overall she, i mean she's had an impact on me and anyone who even speaks to her for more than 30 seconds you know she has an impact on so yeah it's incredible yeah her faith journey is incredible and and i, I love to listen to her speak and um, I have listened to her speak before with di the different conferences that have come around, Catholic conferences. So uh, let's go back to your faith. Uh, is there any particular devotion or prayers that helps you when you're feeling that sort of low feeling that you described, uh, whether it be Bible reading or visiting adoration? Um, what is it that helps you to overcome those feelings and to keep moving forward? Um, to overcome like negative thoughts, I guess. Yes. So probably, honestly, I am somebody who likes when that's happening, I do like to, you know, open my Bible app and whether it's, you know, read one little, little phrase or read a chapter or even, you know, open my physical copy. Um, because well, even though I'm not playing a sport anymore, we all go, we all go through things, you know, we all have our questions about what's next. And that is something I stress a lot about is the future, even though I have no control over that. Um, and 
that is something I struggle with to this day. I'm like, you know, what's next? I, you know, I'm ready, like ready for the next thing. And I want to, you know, see where I would be. I want to see how much money I'll be making and friends I'll be around, you know, and honestly, the, the only thing is to really trust in Jeremiah 29, 11, like I have been forever. And that's, I have to tell myself that every day, you know, trust, there is a plan. There's always been a plan. You know, my hard work is going to pay off at some point. It always has. Um, and so as cliche and basic as it sounds, it's really just to, you know, lean on your faith in the hardest of times. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you have learned so much from that one time in your life where you almost died and yeah. God brought you back and then you thought you were going to die. I mean, you right. thought that was the end of your life, but it wasn't and it isn't. And you had some more setbacks. Um, right. And, and yes, you admittedly, you say that, you're, you know, sometimes your, your mind will go into places that you don't like it exactly. And, yeah. and it's scary. Um, so if somebody's listening and say they're in your situation, maybe they're your age, because this podcast is for families in crisis, whether it's the parents, the grandparents, uh, the, the kids that are your age or uh, middle age, whoever they are, mm -hmm. uh, would you have any words of advice for them to get over that hump? Maybe they had an operation or maybe some kind of a disease or a wife or husband left them, a divorce that happened. Uh, what kind of advice can you give them to be able to take that next step in faith, knowing that God will take care of them, that he has a plan, and that he will help them to overcome that crisis with their faith? To put it in layman's terms, keep fighting. You know, keep going. Don't stop. And... The work you're putting in is going to pay off. Um, I, I do truly believe that. I, I could never tell you, you know, when that's going to be, or how soon or how far away, but it's going to pay off. And another thing, no matter how independent you are, um, because I am one of those people, don't push, you know, the support and the love away because it is going to go away eventually when people, you know, think or believe that you're okay or, or that they know you're okay it's going to go away and so embrace it while you can it's you know it, it's a beautiful thing to see people rally around you or um a loved one when somebody is struggling and so embrace that and love that and thank god for that because you know nobody would be around without him and so continue to lean on your faith and keep fighting and pushing through you know all the hard times because the next one is coming you know the next tough time or the next setback is coming you know we're always going to keep going through things but the we're getting stronger as you know life is going on and the and the things that we're going through are you know setting us back because the only way to go after that is forward so you know don't look back especially if you're if you're in a in the current situation that's you know troublesome or you're struggling that's the best time to you know, push harder than ever because there's no way to go but up. And I, I truly believe that, you know, b telling yourself certain things every day and believing in certain things all the time are what is going to get you to where you want to be. No, that's excellent advice. Thank you so much. I, I know that you're a person also that you've learned a lot about relationships with friends, family members. Um, would you have any words of advice? Because you know, one of the pains that we all have in life is when there's misunderstandings with our family members, with our friends, 
right. when there's people, friends that walk out of your life when you're going through a rough time, or maybe friends that walk out of your life, like you said, once they think you're quote un okay, they right. might they might forget to call or not get back to you or you don't see them anymore or have any type of relationship. Do you have any words of advice or thing to say to people like that? Because uh, that's also a, a difficult thing, and especially with COVID, right? I mean, right. Uh, it was kind of a depressing year for some people because they're used to being around all these people and now they're, they weren't. So I didn't know if you had any advice there. Um, I definitely have advice there. It's one of my favorite, you know, questions or I guess comments to make is a lot of friends are going to come and go. And a lot of um, people are in your life for a season instead of, you know, forever. And that is a hard pill that I had to swallow. Still to this day, people, you know, walk out and um, whether that's, a friend or a family member or someone who's more than a friend, it, it's never going to get easier. Um, but something I can say that I, I'm saying this out loud so I can tell myself um, is to don't, is to not let, you know, your heart be closed off, you know, follow it, chase it as, as far as you, you know, can or as far as you want to, because um, you're, that's a, that's a huge part of you. And um, I am someone who gives every single last bit of everything I have into any type of relationship as, um, friends or less or more. And I do have to remind myself, no matter if the person, you know, if the person walks out or not, or the relationship gets broken, that I do need to stay my true self and keep, you know, keep giving my heart out to people and keep giving back because it's going to come around. and that's definitely that's definitely something a lot of, a lot of people go through and i don't even want to say to keep people at arm's length or keep people at a distance because i did do that i still to this day have guards up but you know as soon as they're let down is when people see who you truly are and those who have experienced me in any way really know that as much as um, you know, this straightforward front, um, front that I, I have, I have the biggest heart of just about anybody I know, and I will do, you know, just about anything for anybody. So keep staying your true authentic self and just, you know, be real, trust in God that he's going to have the relationships that he wants to have in your life. He's going to put them there, keep them there or take them away. Um, and the hardest, the hardest pill to swallow, like I said, is when God does take people away that you really don't think we're supposed to be. So, um, that's a great topic for me. I could talk about it for, you know, the next hour, <laughs> but at the end of the day, just, just know that there's always, there's always a plan and it sounds very cliche and very, you know, basic and, and simple, but, and it's easier said than done hundred percent. I know that. Um, but there's, there is a plan and God has our best interests, even if we don't think so at times. I know I keep repeating it, but you are so wise. And I know oh. that you're helping many people now. I didn't get to talk very much with you about this, Kennedy, but that part of our foundation uh, is, is also to help families affected by divorce and separation. You know, that advice also helps them for yeah. the people who are listening that, that have been through that family separation? Yeah, um, I am somebody who has never had to go through that. 
thankfully, um, read my mom's book and you'll know that I I may, um, may have had to go through that. And I am just so blessed and grateful that my parents, you know, did everything they could to figure it out and they love each other more than ever. And it's just such a great example for everybody. Um, kids, teenagers, adolescents, adults, all every age. Um, I can't, I can't speak on that just because I don't know how I know it's gotta be just the toughest thing in the world. Um, and especially to, for yourself to form relationships after seeing, you know, the two people you love and care for so much for that theirs to have not worked out. So I know how hard that can be. Um, but like I keep saying, just keep, keep saying your true authentic self and trust that God, there's something out there that God is, you know, holding out for you for the best time. You did a great job with your uh, talking to the people about that difficulty that we can have when people walk out of our lives or when there's some kind of a family crisis that separates couples or individuals. So that's awesome. Now, we also have a lot of listeners who uh, maybe their parents with, with kids, either your age, younger, older, but th- their problem is, is that they're heartbroken because their families, their kids don't go to church or don't, uh, don't uh, care about their religion or their faith anymore. Now, I know we're going through COVID right now and, right. Uh, and not everybody is back at mass, but I know that you're a person also that uh, still cares so deeply about your Catholic faith. Would you have anything to say to them about how can we evangelize people at your age do you think effectively so that they, the Catholic church is interesting. They, they want to be involved again. They care about the sacraments and they, they won't give up on their faith. Um, honestly, I would say testimonials are the biggest thing. Um, at least it was for me, you know, I would like to hear people's stories. Bethany Hamilton, I'm looking at a picture of autograph her right now is one of the, you know, one of the people that I still look up to this day who has a, who has a great faith. Um, and so testimonials would probably be the answer I would give just because when you're listening to or experiencing someone else saying what you may or may be going through at the time is, is a lot more, um, it, you can, it can hit home a lot more than, you know, your parents telling you go to church, go to church. So, um for the kids to feel like for what you know not everybody gets the catholic education that i did after that there was really no turning back no matter what um so i don't think that pressing people our age is going is the answer um because people are going to have to find their way on their own and so no that makes sense yeah so i guess put put them in front of you know people people who have, you know, very detailed, some maybe even, you know, traumatic or gruesome stories that they came out from because of their faith. And that'll really truly give a new perspective. Yeah. And I think your book would be perfect. So I'm just going to say it again. (laughs) I'll say it again. So her name is Kennedy Hare. It's spelled H-E-H-R. The name of the book is Through the Cross hyphen Hare, H-E-H-R. And you can get this book directly from her from the email address and she'll provide that again. Can they get the book anyplace else on, is it on Amazon? It is on Amazon. It's supposed to be on multiple other platforms. I'm not sure why it's not, but 
Amazon or me would be the best ways to get it right and now. Give us your email address one more time, if you don't mind. So, and oh no, that's fine. It's just my first and last name at Hotmail. So K E N N E D Y H E H R at Hotmail.com. And also you can reach out to me at the foundation. Uh, and a lot of you know about the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. We're at nonatus.org, where you can email me at director.srnf at gmail.com. And as you all know, we help families in crisis and, and also those affected by divorce and separation. Uh, now, I wondered if you could also share, as we're coming a little bit close to the close of the podcast, um, what role did prayer play in your life, especially during the time of the accident? Because I know, and I'm sure that you had probably hundreds, maybe thousands of people that were praying for you during that time. Prayer is a very powerful thing. Um, still to this day, I message some people that my mom is friends with that I know are you know, closer to God than really I can even fathom and say, please pray for me for such and such. Um, and the power of that is just really, truly unbelievable. Um, and that just a simple message like that to really anyone goes a long way. I've done it to a couple friends. A couple friends have done it to me. Hey, can you just say a quick prayer for me or um, keep me in your prayers for, you know, a couple weeks or whatever the case may be? Um, because, and then you have the comfort of knowing that other people are thinking about you and other people are hoping that you, you know, come out of whatever you're going through. Yeah, no, that's excellent. I thought as we ended, maybe we could also talk about, uh, we talked about your early life. We talked about after the accident and after the accident. Uh, do you feel that God has revealed anything to you about your future or what direction your life is going in from this point on? Um, yes, every, every day he reveals something new. Definitely. Um, like I said, I am a workhorse and I, I work very hard and I am somebody who wants to see a lot, a lot of success, you know, um, financially, and in more ways than that with my faith too and um relationship wise so i'm just praying every day and um trying to stay motivated in the fact that god does have a plan and as i question it sometimes too you know when is this going to happen or when is that going to happen um that's never going to get me <laughs> to where i want to go so he's definitely revealing himself all the time and i just have to trust that the timing is, is going to be great when he wants to do that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and I love your book. Uh, you're a very good writer and, and I'm so grateful to have the book and have gotten so much from it. Oh, um, thank you. I'm glad. Yes. And what about the future with that? Would you say, would there be another book in the works for you at some other point in the future too? Um, that is a very common question. I right now probably know um, just because, you know, as of right now, I mean, that's, that's it. That's my life in a nutshell. Um, so it would definitely be a couple years. Um, and a lot of huge events would have to come out of that just because that those are my favorite things to write about, you know, realistic, true events that, that happened to me personally. So fingers crossed that the big events are positive events. <laughs> um, nothing more traumatic. Um, but as of right now, no is the answer to that. But we will see. It's not a closed door. You know, I'm very young still. So 
That's right. That's right. Um, as we end the podcast, I wondered if you could, uh, and I know we already talked to our listeners about advice for those who are suffering, going through a rough time. What about any advice to grow in their faith? Do you have anything that somebody's listening and thinking, you know what, I hope that I can have that kind of faith if I go through something like that. Maybe it won't be exactly what you went through, but some kind of suffering. Right. Would you have any words of advice to them, prayerful advice to be able to move forward with the Lord and trust him? Um, keep reading, keep listening, um, open, open eyes, open ears, open heart, open mind, because, you know, just like closed mouths don't get fed, closed minds don't gain more knowledge. So keep open everything and just be aware of, you know, what's going on and in the world and in your life and truly try to dive into, you know, how did I get to where I am or what positives can come out of this or what positive did come out of that. Um, and just truly focus on getting a stronger faith. It's just like anything else. You know, if you want to be better at your sport, you're going to practice more. If you want to be better at math, you're going to, you know, do more math problems. So if you want to learn more about your faith or get a stronger faith, read the Bible more or talk to a priest or, you know, talk to really anybody who has a faith base and, you know, just learn more because there's no way to really, to really deny it after you learn, you know, a certain amount, whatever can really put you there. I love your outlook and, um, and I love your practical sense of, of, of how you uh, communicate uh, I happen you. to be the same way, <laughs> just the way my, my brain works. So uh, yeah. thank you for that. And, um, and I think it's good advice for anybody listening because sometimes, um, sometimes we need some direct advice. And I, I'm hoping that as people are listening to this podcast that uh, they will also, and I think they will be so enriched by your story. You know, Kennedy is a person who understands suffering and she understands things like comeback and great resilience and trials and being an overcomer and faith over fear and destiny. And I'm reading this right from her book cover. Yeah. So please do get the book through the cross hyphen hair, H-E-H-R. And if you need it, more information, uh, definitely reach out to her. Her uh, email address again is her name at Hotmail, or you can reach me at the Nonatis Foundation, nonatis.org. So Kennedy, listen, thank you so much for joining us. I love to have you back again with the St. Raymond and Otis Foundation. It's such an honor for us to host you here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to join anytime. Well, I'd love to hear that. So please do. And everyone, we will see you all next month, the last Thursday of the month. We are always at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Please do subscribe to our YouTube channel at Philly Nonatis on YouTube. And, and also, please also subscribe to our website again. So God bless everyone, and we'll see you all next month. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. Did you enjoy this podcast? Listen to other podcasts from Patchwork Heart Ministry by following Patchwork Heart Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network. 
invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.